Hello everyone and welcome back to our Bible study here today. Um, it's been a while, but now we are back and I hope you all are excited. Um, we are now in the book of Amos and we are going to dive into this word real quick. There is so much revelation. There is so much that God has revealed in Amos, and I hope you all are ready and expecting something from the Word of God today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and then we're going to hop into this Word. Amen. So right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, we come before you, and we just give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Father, I pray right now that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, be of everything of heaven and the spirit. Let no flesh glory in thy presence. Holy Spirit, my friend, I give you permission to possess my body and use it in any way that you see fit. Yeshua, my friend, I pray that you will come and that you will and uh, join us in this study and i pray lord that you will give revelation that you will speak and touch your people in a mighty way today so father continue to move let the words be fire and the people would let them be consumed by it and lord i pray let their hearts be fertile ground so that it will produce much fruit in their lives so that they will lack nothing in their destiny it's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray, while the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, Baruch Atah Adonai HaEl HaKadosh, and my prayer partners in agreement said with me, amen, amen, amen and amen. All right, so we're in Amos chapter 2, verse 6. Now, Amos is a very important book of the Bible because here we see in Amos where God is making his plea to Israel. He is talking to Israel through Amos and saying that, look, this is what's going to happen. And here we see God's heart. God's heart is never, his desire is never to punish or to hurt his people. But when his people continue to sin and disobey him, you must understand the Israelites, they're serving other gods. They're doing other rituals. They're doing things like they forgot everything that God has said and God had done for them. Who here can understand that? Because sometimes we get like that, right? Sometimes we forget what God has done, what God has said. We tend to do that sometimes. We tend to go with culture over what God says to do with certain things. Come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about, especially those who grew up in the African-American church. Now, listen here. This is something that is very important because I feel like, especially now, because COVID is out and a lot of things are happening, a lot of people think, oh, well, God is just, you know, doing whatever. Or some some people are actually foolish enough to think the devil is behind all of this. First off, there is nowhere in the Bible where God gave the devil complete authority to release a disease, a pestilence over the entire earth. Only the father is in charge of that. 
The Lord says that if I send a pestilence, okay? So let's get that out of the way. So first off, we know that this is God that is in the midst. The question is, why is God doing certain things? And the reason why he's doing certain things is because it is not because he's hateful or angry, but it is because of the sin. The wages of sin is death. You have to realize sin has a price. See, this is the thing I can't stand about this woke generation. See, this woke generation never paid bills, okay? I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to y'all. Y'all know exactly what I'm saying. These millennials, they don't know nothing about no paying no bills. They don't know nothing about nothing, okay? They don't understand. They think everything is supposed to be given to them. Everything is free. Everything is supposed to be la-di-da. Everything is good. No, that is not the case. See, every person that is here right now, you understand the value of hard work. You understand you put in work, you're going to get something out of it. Some of you are here because of your dedication and hard work. Some of you have reached the place you have with God because of your dedication and hard work. Well, guess what? Sin is not free. Sin comes with a hefty price and the price that you do not want to pay. In fact, I thank the Lord Yeshua that he paid the price so that I wouldn't have to. Come on, somebody. So I'm telling you that God is trying to say that sin is not free. There is a consequence for doing these certain things. And this is what God is saying right now. Amos chapter 2 verse 6. See, I I had to give you a little preview. It turns out I'm not rusty at all. It turns out I've just been waiting. Now, here we go. (laughs) Glory to God. Are you there? And it says, thus says the Lord. Now, this is Amos talking, but this is the Lord speaking. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four. So he's saying that there are four things that you have done. Um, raw. That's what transgressions mean. Transgressions. So he said three, four. I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor. What does that mean? That means that they're after money. See, God says, I view money as dust. They're here cheating people. They're corrupting people. Who here knows what I'm talking about? You guys are doing all of this for nothing. That's literally what God is saying. God says, in my eyes, they pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, and pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl. To defile my holy name. Do you not see that he's saying that there is nowhere where it is allowed for a man who that is a father and a son to go after the same woman. And this sounds like an episode of Jerry Springer. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about too. But he says that defiles my holy name. He said because, like, no, like, people have to understand God is so intimate and is so deep that he is saying everything that you are doing. And the reason why they're sleeping around and doing all that is because it's a pagan ritual. He's saying your pagan rituals, your desire to chase money, your desire to cheat the poor, your desire to 
trade each other, betray each other. Come on, somebody. Because how many of you know that Yeshua was, was betrayed for some silver? Right. He's saying, you sell out people for silver. You guys are doing all these things to defile my holy name. Now, look at this. They lie down by every altar. Why does he say lie down? He's talking about worship. You worship at every altar of every other God. He's saying you are, they lie down by every altar on cloths taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. He's saying that you guys are not only worshiping other gods, you are taking in whatever Good work, whatever stuff that you're hearing, you're taking it in and trying to apply it for yourselves. But you don't see that that's condemned. You don't realize that that will take you all the way to the gates of hell. See, I feel the Lord is saying the same thing right now. The church, you have taken in the wine of the condemned and you will pay the price if you do not repent and turn back to the old way. If you don't turn back to the only way, which is Yeshua HaMashiach, which is Jesus Christ. There is only one way to the Father. And if you try to do all these other ways, you will pay the price for it. See, for instance, I can't stand when people say God helps those who help themselves. That's not scripture. That's a culture thing. Nowhere in the scriptures where you say God helps those who help themselves. First off, if, if I can help myself, why would I need God? If I could help myself, why do I need God? That is not what the scripture says. The scripture says, where does my help come from? Does my help come from the mountains? No, my help comes from God. Stop putting the culture into this. You're defiling the word of God. The word of God is strong enough. Amen. Look at this. Condemned in the house of their God. Yet, and I love what God says. God is saying, I'm going to remind you who I am. Yet, are you there? Nine. Yet it was I who destroyed Amorite before them. Whose height was like the height of the cedars. And he was as strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. God is saying I annihilated the Amorites for you. He said they were at the peak of their powers. How I many of you know that empires at the peak of their powers don't fall easily? God said I took them down easily. I took down their fruits and their roots. Which means they are not coming back. Is what God is saying. Mm -hmm. They will never have the same power that they once had. Their roots are destroyed. You know if you destroy a plant, a tree. I don't care how strong the tree is. If you just destroy it at the root. It is not coming back. What do they tell you with weeds? Go for the what? Roots. You ain't getting this. He says, I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also, it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. He said, not only did I destroy the Amorites, I gave you their land. And this is what you do with it. See, God has given us a mighty nation, but you allowed the devil to take it from you. I feel the presence of God right now. 
God has given you a family. God has given you your body. God has given you your mind. God has given you what the enemy has taken from you. But yet you still allow the enemy to take it. You still don't give honor to whom honor is due. You still are doing the things of the world and not the things of God. Let me move on. These people are not ready for today. Who here was ready for today? (laughs) Glory to God. Are you ready? There is so much more. Go to Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5. This is important. Because the Lord is saying, look at all I've done. And look at what you did. He's saying, I will do this again. I will fight. I will defend you. My promise I have kept. You who has not kept your promise to me. I feel God's hurt in this because I feel like he's saying the same thing to this nation. For some reason, oh, the Lord is having me go somewhere. Especially in the African-American community. He said, I delivered you from slavery. I have brought you out into a land where you can prosper. Did you know I read an article where there's still slavery in Africa? Where there are actually people in Africa saying that we were glad that we were able to go to the U.S. Because that was the place God had chosen to prepare the way. That was the way, that was where God had planned for everyone to go and receive an education. And receive an opportunity to be free and worship him in spirit and in truth. And here it is. God has set us free. He has given us leaders that he has chosen. How in the world, and nothing against Malcolm X, nothing against him, but how in the world you are going to follow and listen to a Muslim when God has placed someone like Reverend King, a man that won the Nobel Peace Prize, who followed the word of God, who shared a dream that God gave him. Do you have any idea how powerful that was when he said, I had a dream? It wasn't just a dream. It was a prophecy. Dreams is what God has spoken. God showed Reverend King a message in a dream saying that this is what I want America to be. Judge not by the content of their skin, but the content of their character. And yet we're still fighting the same dumb race. Let me move on. We still having the same dumb arguments. Talking about this a white man religion. Don't even get me started. The people who started this were nowhere near white. Let me move on. In case people forgot, this was in the Middle East. When was the last time you saw a white Middle Eastern? Talk about it. I'm done. <laughs> Go to Amos chapter 5, verse 4. Now this is what the Lord is saying again. See, this is what I love about Amos. Yes, God is displaying his wrath. 
He's saying, yes, because of your sin, this is what I'm going to do. But he said, because of my nature, this is what I'm going to do as well. Because I love you, because I made a covenant with you. Come on now. Look at this. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. Hold on now. What does that say? Seek me. That's the second realm of prayer. See, you need to stop asking God. This is seeking. God is saying it is seeking time. Don't believe me? Go to Second Chronicles. If I release a pestilence, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face. Seek. So God is saying seek after me and what? Live. See, this is another thing I can't stand is that people are saying, well, I can't seek after God. Because if I seek after God, I might die. Where in the scripture do you see that he says, seek me and you will die? He is the God of life, not death. If you seek me, you will find me. And if you seek me, you will live. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel. Why does he say, do not seek Bethel? He's like, do not seek idols. That's what he's saying. Do not seek after other gods. Do not seek idols. He said, don't be seeking after me, but you seeking other gods. That's why later in the scriptures, he calls the Israelites whores, prostitutes. He calls them every name in the book. He says, you have been dishonorable. You have been searching after me, but you've also been dwindling with other gods. That's what I feel like God is also saying to us as believers right now is that yes you seek after me but you also going after other gods you going after other philosophies other people's you know knowledge talking about i'm woke you ain't woke you still asleep you asleep in your sin because you don't know what the heck you doing i hope y'all hearing me here look at this Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, nor enter Gilgal. He's like, don't you even go into the unholy places. Which means, let me put this in phrase y'all can understand. Don't be seeking after me and then go into the club at night. Talk about it. He said, don't be seeking after me and I find you in the bar. Don't be seeking after me and you watching other things. Don't be trying to invite me in your house and you know you watching things on the television that you know the Lord and God don't want nothing to do with. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me move on. Nor pass over to Bathsheba. Same thing. For Gagal shall surely go into captivity. How many of you know? Do you see what he's saying? He's saying the wages of sin is death again. He's saying because of their sin, they're already in captivity. They're going to be in captivity. Unless you want to join them, I suggest you back away. Y'all ain't getting this. For Gagal shall surely go into captivity and Bethel shall come to nothing. He's like, if you worship other gods, other idols, you will have nothing. You will have nothing. Is what the Lord says. But, but I got this, I got that. No, 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 flesh creature. He ain't talking about that. He's talking about rewards in heaven. That's what Yeshua says. He said, do not store your rewards on earth where moth and dust 
doth corrupt. But store your rewards where? In heaven, where they can never be stolen, where they can never be taken. See, the reason why the devil can take from you so easily is because you have rewards here on earth. But your rewards are not where it needs to be in heaven. Because if it was in heaven, the devil can't take it. Y'all missed that. I told you y'all weren't ready today. Go to six. Look, seek the Lord and live. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph. And devour it with no one to quench it in Bethel. Look at that. What does that say? Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph. Why does he say break out like fire? God is holy. God is holy. And he has something called holy fire. And this holy fire, I tell you, this holy fire is nothing to play with. This holy fire, if something is not of God, this holy fire will destroy it. I've seen God use holy fire to destroy people's relationships. I've seen God use holy fire to destroy empires, that got, that businesses that people were trying to build. I've seen God use holy fire to destroy ministries because they weren't built right. I'm trying to tell you, that means judgment. He, he's talking about, I will place my judgment, my verdict. If it is in my righteousness, the holy fire will purge it and make it clean and make it stand. But if it's made in corruption, that holy fire will destroy it. That's why some of you, when you go into God's presence, and some of you have felt this holy fire. When you feel that holy fire, it convicts you. It makes you want to throw everything that you had away. I know when I first touched the holy fire, the first thing I did, I went home, I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And my sister here, she probably remembers this, Yu-Gi-Oh was at the it was at its peak when we were in fifth grade. Yeah. It was very popular. But then we had a teacher by the name of Mr. Cross. And he began to speak. He began to pray. And then I felt like this. I never told anyone this. But I felt like this fire, this conviction entered my heart. And it was like I know for a fact that if I want to serve God and I want to live for God and love God, then this cannot be in my life. I went home from school in fifth grade and you can ask my father if you don't believe me i must have had hundreds of Yu-Gi-Oh cards i had cards man if i was ever in a duel because you use them to duel people if i was in a duel i could have won multiple games i could have done anything because that's what it was about it was about power it was about winning and here it is i took all of them I even took some of my Pokemon cards. I took all of them and I threw them in the trash. My parents must have spent hundreds of dollars on me with some Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I threw it all away in a day. Why? Because of that holy fire. That fire that convicts you. That fire that makes you want to change. That fire that makes you want to live for God. That's what God is talking about. God is saying that, look. He said, seek the Lord and live. He said, either seek after me or when my holy fire is released, I'm going to come after you. It's one or the other. I prefer to go to him instead of him releasing the fire. Because at least if I come to him, the fire doesn't burn me. It consume, It warms me. It comforts me. But when that fire is released and it comes after, it burns. It burns your heart. You feel convicted. You feel like the 
worst person on the entire planet. But you know what? There's still love at the end of that. All right. Amen. Who here is getting this? Let's he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it. With no one to quench it in Bethel. God is saying that I will release my judgment, my fire, and there is nothing that will consume it. There is nothing that will stop it. It will not be quenched. I will release it. It will destroy whatever it needs to destroy. It will purge whatever needs to be purged. Right now, I feel the Lord is saying that he wants the holy fire to be released in your lives today. Because you need that holy fire. Because that holy fire is what is what envelops you. The Holy Spirit. In fact, that's what John the Baptist said. He said, I baptize you with water. But there is one who comes who will baptize you and the Holy Spirit and fire. What fire was he talking about? The holy fire of God. He will make you as fire. Because how many of you know that there is a realm of God where he is all fire? Ezekiel said, and I saw one seated on the throne looking like a man. And there was fire from the waist down and from the waist up saying he was consumed in fire. God wants you to be consumed in that fire because that fire is what makes you. People asked me, why am I so on fire for God? It's because he ignited me with the holy fire of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Seven, you who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to rest in the earth. Look at this. I want you to pay attention. Yes, Lord, I hear you. I want you to go to 14. Go to 14. Amos chapter 5, verse 14. Look this. Seek good and not evil that you may live. Where do you see God is saying, I want to destroy you? I want to punish you. So there is nothing bad that is happening in your life. It's because God wants to hurt you or to destroy you. He says, seek me and you will live. Hallelujah. Grow up a little bit. Amen. Stretch your prayer life a little bit. Follow my commandments, says the Lord. And I ain't talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about the commandments that Yeshua said. The two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your body, with all your spirit. And the second one is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. You keep those two greatest commandments. You will have eternal life, says the Lord. You will have rewards in heaven where moth and dust doth cor can't corrupt it and it can't be stolen. Look at this. Seek good and not evil. Seek the good things. How come people, every time you watch the news, you watch and you looking for evil things. You're looking for stuff to get you bummed out. You're looking for stuff. You're looking for the wrong things. Seek good. When was the last time you turned on so 
some Jesse Duplantis. You turned on somebody that preaches the word of God. When was the last time you did that instead of looking at the news? Instead of listening to some foolishness on TV from BET or MTV? When was the last time you sought after good things? Yes, oh yes. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. But how can you think on those things if you never sought after those things? Your mind is full of junk, and that's what comes out is junk. The Lord said it is not the things inside that defiles a man. It's what comes out. Seek good and not evil that you may live. So the Lord God of hosts will be with you as you have spoken. Do you see that? He says, seek good and not evil that you may live. So the Lord God of hosts will be with you. Why does it say Lord God of hosts? Meaning he wants to be with you. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to host you in his presence. Come on, somebody who is getting this. But he cannot have you in there if you try to bring some foolishness in this house. See, that, that's a problem. People don't know how to act right in church. Let me move on. Uh, I'm almost done. But there is some things that I need you all to understand about Amos and about God. I want you to go to Amos chapter 7, please. We're going to go to Amos chapter 7. I'm almost done. Are you, are you, are you all done? Or do you all want some more? Continue <laughs> you want, please. <laughs> Glory to God. Go to Amos chapter 7. Now, I'm going to teach y'all something about God. I'm going to show y'all something about God. Who here is ready for some secrets of the kingdom of God? Who here is ready to learn a secret of the heart of the Father? Look at this. Amos chapter 7. Pay attention. Thus, the Lord God showed me. Now, this is Amos. He's, God is giving him a vision. God showed me, behold, he formed locusts, swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's mowings. And so it was when they had finished eating the grass of the land that I said, O Lord God, forgive, I pray. Oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. It shall not be, saith the Lord. Now, hold on, keep going. I'm going to show y'all something. Thus, the Lord God showed me. Behold, the Lord God called for conflict by fire, and it consumed the great deep and devoured the territory. Then I said, O Lord God, cease, I pray, O that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, said the Lord God. Now, I'm going to stop right there. So God shows Amos. Locusts and fire. But do you not see what Amos does? This is what's wrong with the body of Christ. Is that there are prophets who are prophesying, but you don't understand how what really a prophet really even is. Mm -hmm. Some of you have dreams, some of you have visions, but you don't even understand what God really wants you to do. 
See, the thing that I love is that Amos displays exactly what a prophet is supposed to do. See, I've, how many of you have seen this? There's a lot of prophets who started talking about something worse than COVID coming. How many of you have ever seen that? Raise your hand if you've ever seen that. If you've ever seen that prophets started coming up on social media and started saying God showed them this, God showed them that, God showed them basically America going to crap and and that something even worse than COVID was coming. Anybody seen something like that? Okay, listen to me. That is not a prophet. You may be a prophet in terms of the gift, but you are not a prophet in terms of job description. Because God may have showed you that to say, I don't want to do it, but I want you to ask me to change it. Look at what Amos did. A prophet is not just someone to give you a financial miracle or someone to give you a word for today or someone to tell you your street address and how much is in your bank account. Mm. A prophet, a true prophet of God is an intercessor for a nation and for a people. That is what a prophet truly is. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. When God showed me certain things, it was so that God asked me, do you want me to change this or do I have to allow it? God was showing me so that I could intercede for a nation or for a place. That is the true calling of a prophet. It's not just you are the mouthpiece of God, but you are also an intercessor for people. Amen. This is the problem is that the church doesn't teach the proper honor that is due to prophets. You think just because somebody can prophesy they're a prophet. The spirit of prophecy is the Holy Spirit. What makes someone a prophet is what God has ordained from the beginning. But you know what? What truly makes you a true prophet is when God starts showing you things and then say, because I don't want to do it. And you know my heart and you know my mind. Convince me to do something else. Look at what God said to Isaiah. He said, come reason. Let's talk about it. Here, God is doing the same thing with Amos. Why? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Know your God. Yes, oh yes. There is nothing that God has shown that he said, I want to do this. But that's what I can't stand. Some prophets are just, when God shows them things, they're like, God is going to do this. No flesh creature. God wants to talk to you about it. But because you need a big following on social media, you'll just show anybody anything what God has showed you. That is not the true calling of a prophet. Look at this. God shows him locusts. And look at what Amos does. He's a true prophet. He says, look at this. Oh, Lord God, forgive, I pray. He's interceding. God shows him a judgment and he says, Lord, please don't do it. And God says, I will not do it. This is why it was so disgraceful when I saw so many people dishonoring prophets. You don't know God will probably save this nation because of a prophet. Right. Know how much weight prophets actually carry. God says, if I can find somebody who knows how to talk with me, there is something I can tell you something. I only told select few. God showed me something even worse than what that prophet prophesied. 
And because I knew what God wanted to do, I said, God, you can't do this. And God says, I don't want to, but I will. And I told God, please, Lord, don't do this. And the Lord said, we will talk about it. That's a prophet. This is why you need not dishonor any man of God. Because you don't know what they've done behind closed doors. You don't know how much they intercede. Let me move on. Bunch of jag legs. Look at this. God shows him a locust. He intercedes. How many of you know that God has not only made you kings, but he also made you priests? So that means you still have this gift of intercessor. If God shows you something or God gives you a dream, you can talk to him about it. You don't have to go to Reverend Simba or Apostle Simba. You don't need to come to me and ask me to go talk to God on your behalf. You can go to God yourself. Now, granted, I don't mind going to God on your behalf. But God didn't show it to me. God showed it to you. No offense, I love praying for you people. But why when something bad happens, everybody got to ask me to pray? What is this Bible study for? Did you not learn how to pray? Did you not learn who you are? If you have not, then that's a failure on my part. Because my job is not to have you listen to me all day. My job is to train you and to make you the kingdom of God on earth. Amen. Oh, yes. Like I said, I don't mind praying for you. But that shouldn't be your go-to thought. Let me go have Reverend Simba or Apostle Simba pray. Because I know when he prays, it's going to get answered. No, work on your relationship so that when you pray, you can get the same results. God will not do for you what he hasn't done for me. What he did for me, he'll do for you. You just have to be willing to pay the price. You must learn. See? Look at this. Two times he intercedes. Two times God changes his mind. I truly believe before COVID even hit, because suddenly, and Monty will attest to this because you were paying attention, when the prophets, when COVID hit, all these prophets started saying that they saw COVID weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They saw weeks before it came out. You want to know why? This is why it's pathetic. It's because those prophets should have talked to God about it. Come on. They should have inquired God about it. But because they didn't understand it, they were like, I saw this disease. I saw this pestilence, but I didn't know what to do. It's because you don't know how to be a true prophet. Having visions doesn't make you a prophet. Having dreams does not make you a prophet. When you learn to intercede for a nation or for a people, that's what makes you a prophet. A true prophet. 
I tell you the truth. As soon as I heard all these prophets started talking about that they saw COVID or heard COVID and God even talked to them about COVID. The next thing I said is, then what did you do, flesh creature? Did you talk to God about it? Because maybe God showed it to you so that you could intercede. Not so that he could let it happen. The truth is, COVID being released is on the mighty men and women of God. It is not just the sin of the world, but it is against the actions of the men and women of God. Because you had the authority and power to stop it. Let me move on. Go to seven. Thus he showed me. Behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line. A plumb line is like a ruler. It's like a ruler. With a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people. Israel, I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam, meaning against the monarchy, against the kingdom. Let me tell you something. So God is saying, okay, Amos, because you are interceding, guess what? Now the standards are up. He's saying the plumb line is my line. He said, because they have not met my requirements, I'm not going to pass by them anymore. The reason why churches are not experiencing the true glory and presence and power of God is because there is a plumb line and you have not met the the requirement. Mm -hmm. If you want God to be active and do more in your life, you must meet his requirements, not him meet yours. Who are you that God has to meet your requirements? No, it is you who has to meet his. That's why he said there's a plumb line. He said, yes. So now there's a standard. And he said, because they are not meeting the standard, I will not pass by them anymore. Pass by. What does that pass by mean? What what did Moses experience on the mountain? God passed by. Y'all missed that. He's talking about his glory. He's like, I'm passing by. Miracles, signs, and wonders. He's like, I can't do that. I'm not going to pass by them. And I'm going to destroy the house of Jeroboam. Now, I want you all to understand this. Okay? I want you to know how powerful this is. God wants me to end this a little bit, but God wants me to end it here. Okay? Now, look at this, because some of you, I feel like some of you realize that you have people conspiring against you. Some of you have people who have spoken bad about you, have spoken bad about your life, your ministry. And your ministry, it doesn't mean that you're a preacher like me. Your ministry is your service, your service to God or your service to people. And this is what the Lord wants me to show you concerning Amos. Look at this. The Amaziah, the priest. Now, some of this, now believe this. How many of you know some of your worst enemies can actually be found in the church? Y'all missed that. Now Now, look at this. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. So here it is, Amaziah, who is a priest, is saying to the king, 
Amos, who is a true prophet. Doesn't this look familiar to some people in the church? Let me translate this for you. Some high official in the church talked to the pastor about what you've been saying. And they're conspiring against you. They're doing stuff against you. They're doing stuff behind your back. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you be in the church long enough. You'll see it. Mm. You'll see that spirit of Amaziah. He said, the land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Now, this is the problem I have. Amaziah is, because he's so selfish and because he's so stupid, and this is the problem with some church people, is that because you're so threatened by other people's anointings and other people's giftings and that you're going to lose your spot, even though it is God who placed the position, you don't even realize when God is trying to save your church or trying to save your community or trying to save your place because the people God has commissioned or sent to deliver, you have turned the people against them. Talk about and it. that's about as satanic as satanic gets. Look at this. Instead of saying, whoa, we might need to repent because Amos is talking. And what he's saying is from the word of God. They couldn't even recognize that it was God who was saying it. Mm. I don't see Amaziah saying something from the Lord. And that's a lot of times you see it is always the church people that are the least anointed that always want to talk. You didn't even hear from God. You ain't even see his figure. You ain't even felt a shake from the Holy Ghost. And you want to tell me something. Go sit down somewhere. That's right. I said it. I'll say it again. I'll walk into some of these churches and I'll tell some of them deacons. I'll tell the entire deacon board, go sit down somewhere. Because you don't know the presence and power of God. Go sit down. If I have to, I'll tell the the entire pastoral community, go sit down. Because y'all don't know how to do this. Go sit down somewhere. You don't need to be up on the pulpit. Let me move on. Can y'all tell I'm fired up today? <laughs> Look at this. 12. Then Amaziah said to Amos, go you seer. How many of you know seer is, a, is another type of prophet? So he sees visions, so he's a seer. So he says, go you seer. So he knows who he is. He knows that Amos is a seer. He knows it. But yet he still conspired against him. The people in the church, if they're talking bad about you, is because they see the anointing that is on your life. But because they're full of envy and jealousy, and because the devil has entered into their heart and has caused them, they now have the spirit of Judas. They will now betray you. Yeah, y'all missed that. I feel like the Lord wants me to say this. Don't feel bad when you're dealing with some foolishness at the church or at your job or whatever. It is because the people around you, see some of you, I, I even heard some of you say that, who am I that you're so jealous of me? No, flesh creature, th that type of humility, that's not even humility. 
Don't you act like that's humility? That's not humility. That's insecurity is what that is. You should be like, you should be threatened by me because I know exactly who I am and I am anointed, I am chosen, I am qualified to be here. See, I may not have the paper qualifications to be here, but God is the one who sent me here, not you. Amen. Yes, oh yes. Wow. And when God says I'm done with you, then I go. Not because you conspired against me, flesh creature. Go read Daniel. You may conspire against me, but I guarantee you I will walk through that fire. I won't even smell like smoke at the end. You can throw me in the lion's den and not one lion will even roar at me. Amen. Yes, oh yes. Reach. Let me move on. See, y'all ain't ready for today. Then Amaziah said to Amos, go you seer, flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread and there prophesy. So he said, go somewhere else. How many of you have ever been in a church? Some of you, if you live long enough, because I've been kicked out of two churches. They said, you can prophesy over there, but don't you come and prophesy here. Mm. See, we ain't got no problem with your ministry, but don't bring no ministry here. Mm. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have left churches because somebody told you to go somewhere else. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Huh. There eat bread and there prophesy. But never again prophesy at Bethel. For it is the king's sanctuary and it is royal residence. So he said, you can prophesy over there. But don't prophesy where the big dogs is. Where everyone will hear you. Don't prophesy there. Even though that's where the prophecy needs to be. In order for there to be change. See, the devil don't care if you prophesy. He cares. He cares about actually he cares where you prophesy. Because if you prophesy at the right place at the right time, you can bring revival to a whole church. But you got these prophets. They want to prophesy every Sunday and God didn't even say a word. Let me move on. Or God said, I didn't show that to you so that you could open your mouth. Let me move on. This is why I love Amos. This is why I love him. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah. So Amos didn't take the, because I see some church people, y'all like pansies when somebody says something. I ain't going to lie to you. Some of you act so intimidated and so scared. Well, I want to say something, but I don't think that's the right spirit. Learn from Amos. Look at this. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah. So now he's saying to the prophet, look at this. And I love this. He said, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet. What does that mean? Nor was I a son of a prophet. He's saying, not only am I not a prophet, I wasn't even following a prophet. That's what he's saying. That's what he means by, I wasn't even the son of a prophet. Like, for example, Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was the spiritual son of Elijah. So Elijah's mantle fell on Elisha. He said, I am not a prophet, nor am I a son of a prophet. I'm not even a follower of a prophet. Or better yet, um, Eli and Samuel. Samuel was following Eli, who was a prophet. 
So Samuel was the son of Eli, spiritual son. So he's saying right here, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore fruit. He said, I love this because here it is. Amaziah is, is trying to talk to him like, you're a big, bad and powerful prophet. Go somewhere else. And Amos said, first off, I am not a prophet, nor was I a prophet's son? I am a sheep breeder and I collected fruit. That was my job description. I didn't ask to be here. But look at what he says. And actually what he says is an indictment against Amaziah. It's an indictment against the entire church. I'm going to show you why. Look at this. He said, look. I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore fruit. Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. He said, I was working and God called me. How come God didn't call you? Mm. Why did God have to go? You, you the priest. Mm. You in the church. I was working minding my business. I was a sheep breeder. I was getting fruit. I was following my flock when God talked to me and told me to prophesy. Why? Because God said, I can't use nobody at the church, but I can use Amos because he has the right heart. I can talk with him. He has a relationship with me. Come on, somebody. You're in about a religion status. That's the part of the church. I don't care if you're the deacon. I don't care if you're the pastor. If I got a relationship with the Lord and you don't, if God speaks to me and not you, then you better listen to what I got to say. Because right now, I'm the one who has the authority, not you. Come on. Look at this. He said, then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Now he says, First off, he established, I ain't a prophet, not by job, nor did I follow one. I was minding my business, then the Lord called me. So now, because you got an attitude, now you listen to the word of the Lord. Look at what Amos says. Amos is not saying, I'm going to tell you who I am. He's like, first off, you the priest. You're the one who studied the word. You're the one who knows the laws. You're the one who knows all this stuff. I'm just a sheep breeder who collected fruit. I was working. God came and got me instead of you. See? Mm. How many of you know that's also Yeshua's heart? Yeshua went and... How come Yeshua didn't ask none of the Pharisees or Sadducees to come work for him? He went and got the fishermen. He got the people with the cursing problem, the murderous hearts. He went and got the tax collector. He went and got the worst of the worst. It's because Yeshua even said that because their hearts I can work with. I can't work with the Pharisees. Your hearts are too hardened. They are too wicked. You look like your father, the devil. I can't use none of you. I pray to God that Yeshua, when he comes down, that he don't look at nobody in this church and say, I can't use you. I'm going to go use somebody on the street that don't even know my name. I'm going to go get them because they got at least the right heart. I can't use none of you. Wow. Y'all missed that. I hope y'all didn't miss that. I'm almost done. 
Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You say, do not prophesy against Israel and do not spout against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord. This is harsh. Your wife shall be a harlot in the city. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. Your land shall be divided by survey line. You shall die in a defiled land and Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. You see, this is what's so powerful. Amos literally said, because you have come against me, this is what now God has said. Now your, now your fate is sealed. Mm. He said, when the enemy comes, because that's all Amos was saying. He was trying to get people to repent before they were taken into captivity. He says, now when we go into captivity, your wife is going to be made a prostitute. Your children are going to be killed. And you are going to die in a land that God has taken his hands off of. He said, that's your reward for being a priest. How many of you know that some churches will die if you leave it because God has placed that calling and anointing? I'm telling you the truth. The two churches I got kicked out of, I tell you the truth, ain't none of them are doing what I'm doing now. And I was training and I was telling them, this is how you do these things. This, the second church I got kicked out of, I wasn't even allowed to set foot on their property. When COVID hit, my ministry went from glory to glory. Their ministry almost shut down completely. Mm-hmm. And I even told them certain things. I, It was even so bad. Children, their children were having dreams about the church falling. And I tried to tell them. And yet all they could say was that, oh, Simba might be a false prophet. Simba said things on his preaching video that we don't agree with. What the heck did I say? And what they said was so absurd. I went back to the video just to see if what they said was true. See, some of you might be the only thing keeping some businesses afloat. Don't shut me down. I'm trying to talk to y'all. Talk about it. Some of you might be the only reason God is even remotely even trying to touch a certain place or an area. Do not undermine or demean yourself because other people do not see what God is doing inside of you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Be like Amos. See, Amos literally didn't say, I ain't speaking a curse against you. God has spoken this against you because you have conspired against me because you have dishonored the man of God. You have dishonored the one whom God has chosen. He said, now, when this happens, your wife is going to be a prostitute, which means she's going to be passed around. You, your children will die, and you are going to die in a defiled land. And I like how Amos just kind of leaves at that, and he walks away. I tell you the truth. Do not dishonor whom God has chosen. Do not dishonor any man or woman of God. I don't even care if they are a man or woman of God. Do not dishonor whom God has chosen. There are consequences. Do not dishonor. God will literally shut up the heavens if you dishonor. That's why he said honor all men. You don't honor what they've done. You honor who they are. 
I tell you the truth. Right now, I feel the Lord is saying he wants some of you to repent for dishonoring certain people that he has placed in your life. Whether they be saved or unsaved, God still placed them in your life for something. Right now, just say, Lord, I repent for any dishonor I have given to the ones that you have called in my life. Right now, say, Lord, the Lord is also telling me, repent for... um." Not acknowledging the position he had put you in. If God didn't want you there, he wouldn't have put you there. But it's your job to make sure that what he put you there for gets done. Right now, say, Lord, I am here until the work you need me to finish is finished. Do you even know what your assignment is? You've been working at that job for how many years? Have you even met the assignment that God had for you there? I ain't talking about getting the paycheck. See, paycheck is for you. But did you meet God's requirement of that assignment? Did you even ask God about your assignment at that place? If you haven't, do so now. You must know. I'm about to pray for everybody real quick. I think I'm done for today. Lord, am I done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. But let me pray for you all right now because I'm about to close. I'm about to pray real quick. But I want you all to receive this word right now because it's true. Do not dishonor what God has placed in you, but do not dishonor what God has placed in others. I tell you the truth. This is key for growth and power in the kingdom of God. This is key. You must realize how much the Lord loves you, but also how much the Lord loves his people. So right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, right now, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your power. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and for your grace. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Yeshua that you will touch all those who are here right now, that you will touch their hearts, that you will touch their minds. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I release the fire of God. Release your fire from your throne right now and release it now on the people's hearts and minds right now. Open their eyes so that they may see. Open their ears so that they may hear. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, that you will flood their spirits with your light right now so that they may see like never before so that they will see your glory so they will see what you're doing in their lives i pray right now father in the name of yeshua i bind and rebuke right now all works and schemes of the enemy i come against every lie every deception i come against every perception i come against right now anything that the devil has done that has distorted the image of who they are and who you are. It is destroyed and dismantled now in the name of Yeshua and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I decree and declare right now the kingdom of God be loose, resurrection power be loose. I pray right now, Lord, that you will show them their heavenly assignments, that you will show them their assignments, not only on the earth, but their assignments in heaven, that you will show them what it is that you have called them to do and why you have placed them in certain places and certain areas. And that, Lord, that they will 
accomplish and finish whatever it is that you have called them to do. And that, Lord, that you will get all the honor and all the glory. Let everything they do in word or deed, let it all be used for your glory. And, Lord, we thank you right now. Thank you, Lord. Right now, just take our hearts right now and just overfill, overflood it with your love right now. And we thank you, Lord, for doing it. It's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray, while the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners and friends said with me, amen, amen, and amen.